Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 129 of the podcast that was originally recorded on September 6th of 2016, some of the games I played for this week, and there's a few. Some Pathfinder Adventure card game got in two weeks of this, as we had to play this two weeks in a row down at my local game store, got in a game of Battle Line, got him some automobiles, the networks, a little food chain magnate, a full five-player game using all of the cards and the reserves and everything. I also played a little bit of Batman Telltale series and also talked about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Hey, as always, you can send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We are guild number 2440. We are the What I'm Playing Now Guild. On Twitter, you can find us at, at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Let's jump into a few of the games I played for this week. And I do have a few because I am a few days late with the podcast due to the holiday weekend. So I'm recording this on a Tuesday evening, the day after Labor Day. And next week, I have a feeling I'm going to be a day late as well as I will not be available next weekend at all to be able to record and I'm not going to be able to record before the weekend, so I will probably be doing a recording on Monday, and I'll get that out, or try to get that out Monday night then as well. So I apologize for having a couple of late podcasts here for the next for this week and next week, but sometimes life does get in the way of secondary things, and the podcast is that. So we just try to work around them and keep going, and rather than miss a week, we will just turn them in a day or so late, and hopefully we don't get penalized for that. But a couple of things I played the past, this past week, I actually, we actually had two weeks in a row of some Pathfinder Adventure card game down at my friendly local game store. So I run the Pathfinder Adventure card game down at Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio, and I've been running this down there for about two years now. I mean, I think since pretty much, probably since I about started this podcast, I think I was doing it back then. I mean, if I wasn't, I started it probably shortly, shortly thereafter, and um, last month we had to actually play on we usually play on the first and third Sundays last month we had to switch to the second and fourth Sunday due to Gen Con and I was at Gen Con so we tried to just shift around the whole month and um, there were probably half of the crew that normally gets together was at Gen Con and then this month we went back to our first and third so I had basically two weeks in a row where I've gotten in some Pathfinder Adventure card game we pretty much knocked out the whole second scenario set I believe next time when we start playing here in two weeks we will be starting the third scenario, and we're trying to finish up Rise of the Rune Lords, get to the Goblin scenarios, which I believe are just being released, and then um, going on to then the, the Mummy episodes. But so far, the Rise of the Rune Lords scenario set is, is slowly turning into one of my favorite. I don't know if it's because of the actual storyline they have going on with this one, which is, which is actually just really cool and interesting. All of us are actually getting into the story and we're reading, you know, the the dialogue before the before the scenario as well as after. And everybody seems to really be enjoying that. I've talked about my Inquisitor, which is what I'm, which is the character class that I'm playing. And 
I am just having a blast playing as this Inquisitor. Every time that I play, I feel like I am getting a little stronger. I've actually just added a spell into my deck. This is the first spell that I've that I've put into my deck, so I'm kind of interested to see how he works out just using the one spell. But other than that, I've changed around a couple of weapons, and I'm trying to go almost the straight finesse route. I've gotten rid of... I had two bows in my deck, and I got rid of one bow and threw in another finesse weapon just because it seemed like a couple of the games I played... I had nothing but my bows in my hand and my three um, finesse weapons were deep somewhere or my two. I think I had two finesse weapons at the time. Now I have three and they were just deep in the deck somewhere and just weren't coming out for me. And I, I just really like that, that, that finesse ability that my inquisitor has. So in healing, there was one scenario that we played where we really, there weren't a lot of monsters in the decks. There was, and, and, and that, that scenario was actually very hard, I believe. I came close to actually running out of cards that time. I think I had only had five cards left in my in my deck when when we came to the end of it. And I was looking to one of the other guys for a heal. But I, I, I was able to make it through without actually needing the heal. Then there was another scenario where you have to put a bunch of monsters in kind of like a monster deck. And there's monsters and barriers there. And I actually have the ability now when I'm rolling to go against a a bane and it's basically not requiring me to do a combat check i'm getting a i get to add a d8 into there so it's making me very agile in regards to being able to take take care of a lot of the barriers that none of my past characters really could ever do too good against so this that's kind of like a whole new thing for me being able to handle barriers and because barriers is something i always feared before and now i'm like whenever there's a lot of barriers in the deck i'm like throw me someplace where there's a lot of monsters so I can heal myself or where there's barriers because I have the extra die roll and I really feel like I'm a great asset to my team. A lot of the other characters, even my paladin, I still kind of felt like I was more of a, more of kind of like an accompanying type character, kind of like um like a secondary character and wasn't really a main character. I was more of an assisting character, but my inquisitor it can pretty much do it all. Now, the, the spell that I took is is a spell that lets me add to my attacks, and I could have taken a cure, and there's only been one or two games so far where I felt that I really wasn't able to heal myself by way of you know killing monsters or something, and everybody else in our party, we do have a paladin, we have um, a druid who's able to heal, so everybody else is pretty much able to take care of themselves, so by me being able to be self-sufficient and not need that cure... I think it let me um, add to my add to my attacking a little bit more, which I think is just making the character that much more fun to play. So, we like I said, we got in. I think in the past couple of weeks we played through probably at least five scenarios. So we knocked out pretty much that whole second scenario set. And next time I'm going to have to add the third decks in. We're going to be jumped into the third scenario. But uh, the Rise of the Rune Lords they have really done a great job this time with the. Uh, with the adventures, with the adventures and the scenarios, and if you haven't ever tried the Pathfinder Adventure card game and you're looking for something that's a little like role playing, and something that isn't full role playing, but um, you know some cards, some it deals with cards and you have some deck building there, um, and it's it's a great game. I would definitely say try it out. But then when I had gone down to my friendly local game store on Thursday, we sat down and we played several games. The first of which is a two two player Reiner Kadizia game. It's a game called Battle Line. This is a game where everybody's going to have, I think it's a hand of seven cards, if I remember correctly. 
And what you're going to do in this game is there is going to be a row of little wooden beeples kind of like in between everybody. And you're each going to start playing cards on, on either side of those meeples. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get five of the nine meeples your way and basically take control of them or three in a row if you can actually do that. And that was something that I had actually done to win me the game. The cards that you play to actually take the meeples and basically own them and make them go on your side is you're going to basically be doing poker like um, card sets. So you can be putting down three of a kind. You could be putting down flushes. You could be, put, be putting down straights. Whoever has the highest set on their particular side will get that meeple. So once somebody has played three cards, if it's a set of something that if it's a set in a, if it's a poker set that basically somebody can't beat your opponent can't beat your meeple would then go on those three cards and you would you would get to own that little meeple so it's a it's a really interesting little light card game i would say it doesn't take really didn't take us that long to learn um and it really didn't take us that long to play it was we we were we you know we finished the game probably in a good 15 not even probably 20 minutes i would say when we had that one knocked out and it was a nice it's a nice light little filler game is what i would say so if you're looking for a card game and you're looking for something that's along the lines of set collection that uses some poker type elements to it and it's just a two-player game definitely check out battle line it is an older game when i pulled it up on board game Geek, i didn't realize it was basically from 2000 um but for me, it was something I had not played before, and I'm actually glad that we got that one to the table because I would give that one a thumbs up, and it's a nice little card game that I wouldn't mind playing again. After that, we jumped into a game of Automobiles. Automobiles is a game that has been on my want-to-play list for quite a while. Automobiles is a bag-building type of game. You're going to start off with seven cubes i believe in your bag and on your turn you're going to draw five of them i can't remember how many cubes you actually start off in your bag i have a feeling it's going to be more than seven because you might draw seven cubes and i think i think it is more than seven so you're going to start off with a bag of cubes you're going to draw i think it's five or seven cubes out of there and what you're going to do is try to basically move your car around a track by using the different colored cubes you have white cubes which will let you move on the white space tracks you'll have gray light gray um a there's a light gray, a dark gray, and then a black cube. All of those will move you along the various colored spaces on the track. So in a way, I guess you can say it's a little bit like Formula Day, but there's no dice rolling or anything. You're using the cubes to move you. So you want to plan out your movement. You can either move straight ahead or diagonal to a space above you or kind of like below you if you're moving to back towards the inside of the track. Really interesting game. The cards that come with the game are what make it very interesting. You're going to set out cards and there's additional colors. There's like a red, purple, blue, green. What these additional cards will do is each time they're going to change as there's a random card that you will draw and set out. And like the purple card for us, let us do something specific. The green one, let us do like a boost, I think, or maybe the blue did a boost. But they're all going to do something essentially different with the colored um, cubes that you can purchase and cubes you don't use on your turn you can use to purchase other cubes when you're moving around the track the more the higher you go on the track and the the more difficult color i guess you could say being dark gray and black the more the higher you know you move on the track into those colors you're going to take additional wear on your car and that's shown by brown cubes being added to your bag when you pull those out they pretty much aren't worth anything but you're able to get rid of them 
by playing uh, some of the other various cubes that you can draw. So there's a lot going on with the different colored cubes. And once you learn what each of the colors is used for, it's a very easy, to, easy game to pick up on. It's a lighter game, but it's a game that everybody really enjoyed. I had saw we had played it last Thursday. A couple of guys picked it up on Monday when I was down at my um, friendly local game store for Labor Day. And while we were playing Food Chain Magnate, which I'll talk about in a little bit, there was a game of automobiles going on behind us. So it's a game that I had been wanting to play for a while. I'm really stoked. My buddy Eric picked it up and was able to kind of just introduce it to us finally. It's on my it's it's jumping to the top of my want to buy list now. So I don't know if it's a game that I'm going to buy immediately. I have a feeling it's going to be one that's going to be on my Christmas list, but it's one that will get added to my collection, I can guarantee, before the end of the year. And that is Automobiles, a nice little bag builder racing game. And I do like racing games, so fits my wheelhouse perfectly. After Automobiles, we were able to pull out a small game of The Networks. The Networks is a game by Gil Hova. This was a game I was introduced to at Gen Con. And it's, it's, this one's a nice light game as well. I would say both of these games are probably along, along the same complexity. Networks might be a little bit more complex than automobiles, but I wouldn't say by much. I would say they're more along the lighter fare of games that we've played recently. In the networks, what you're doing is you're starting off at owning basically a television station. You're going to try to program your network and you have three different time slots you can fill with different shows. The shows that you begin the game with start off with a zero viewership. After that, during your turn, it's almost kind of like a drafting game because during your turn, you're going to be drafting various cards and purchasing various cards to try to fill those slots. Certain shows may need an actor or may need an ad added to them. So you need to look at what your opponents are doing because there's going to be only a certain amount of shows out in front of you. There's going to be a certain amount of actors available each round. There's going to be a certain amount of ads each round. There's also a few additional cards that we played with that were not in that were not actually shown to us. Well, I think they showed it to us when we were at Gen Con, but we didn't play with them because we were kind of playing a stripped down faster version of the game. And those are network cards, I believe is what they're called. These cards are sometimes maybe one use cards that can kind of do something very interesting or give you a nice light bonus. There's also cards that can kind of maybe, I don't know if I want to say attack your opponents, but there was a card that somebody had used against the rest of us at the table that essentially made us pay what his costs were for the cards he had in front of him. So all, so I think it told it up to like 6,000 in costs. And while we didn't have to pay him, we paid the bank, but it pretty much wiped several of us out during the couple of times he was able to play it because he was able to get a second network card that let him reuse a card that he had played. So he did this to us twice, two rounds in a row by getting this card, which was a very nasty combo for a majority of us and really hurt some of us monetarily. But Networks is a really cool, interesting, and light little game. The The one thing I like about the game is the spoof and kind of like the satire that they've made on all of the real television shows that are out there and what they've named the television shows in the game. They've basically renamed them, and you can pretty much figure out what each card and what each show is supposed to be just from the name but if you're having some troubles just from the name they also have some different small pieces of art that are on the cards that then kind of tend to push you into knowing exactly what the card is for or not what the card is for but basically what the card is trying to 
I guess you could say make fun of or make a little satire of, which just adds to the game and adds a nice comedic little touch to it, which as we're playing the game, I was reading every show that was coming out because we all sat there and we tried to figure out what the show was. Even some of the actors, we were trying to figure out who they were and stuff. The ads, I really wasn't paying as close of attention to because those just didn't really grab me as much. But all the shows, I just made sure that I was, as I was putting each show down, I made sure to read them aloud and everybody was laughing, having a great time. And those are the things I'd like to see in a board game, things that bring the whole table together and just have everybody have a great time playing it. And when a game can do that, you know it's a good game. So if you're looking for a game like this, the networks may be something to look at. I know down at my local game store, they got in several copies of the game, and I was just reading Twitter earlier. It sounds like this game may be sold out from Gil Hova, who's the, I think he was the publisher of this game. He was the designer and the publisher, and he may not have any more for a few more months now because I believe there's another printing going to be done hopefully soon for that one. So it seems like it's a popular game, and it seems like it is selling out. So if this is something you're thinking about getting, and it is at your local game store, you may want to pick it up now before it's gone for a little while. So that was our Thursday night when I had gone down to the store for our Labor Day meetup. I tried to get down to the store nice and early because we wanted to try to get in a, well, I don't, I don't want to say we wanted to, tried to get in. We did get in a full five-player game of Food Chain Magnate. I got down to the store probably around 11.30 or so. We probably didn't start setting up till closer till noon by the time we really started playing. By the time I got done, we had one person at the table who actually had not played Food Chain Magnate before. So I sat down. I gave a really good explanation. Uh, several other people, pretty much everybody else at the table had played. Anything that I had missed or had overlooked in my explanation of the game, Everybody else was really able to jump in and explain. I will say we used poker chips this time instead of the paper money that comes with Food Chain Magnate and using the very nice poker chips that my friendly local game store does have down there was just such a nice addition to the game. I need to get some of these for, for my home um, because I don't have any good poker chips like this. So for games where there's paper money, I just have to use the paper money here. Um, but I do have a couple of games that have metal coins in them, so I possibly maybe just need to pull some of the metal coins out. But the poker chips were just oh so nice to play with because I can sit there and play with poker chips all day long. I just like playing with the poker chips in front of me. That's just kind of a fun little thing to do. It usually annoys everybody else when I'm constantly clinking the chips together, just like I used to do with the bar chips when I used to go over to the one bar when my wife used to work there. But that's that's a whole other story we don't need to get into right now. But Food Chain Magnate, we got in a five-player game. So we, this is the first time we actually played a full five-player game where we actually use the reserve cards. Normally, we've played with $75, with one bank. It only put in $75 a person, and after that initial bank ended, we stopped the game because it was usually a Monday or Thursday night, and the store wasn't open till 12 or 1 in the morning, which is what we probably would have needed to get done by that time. So that's why we tried to start earlier in the day. I think this full five player, five player game with the reserves took us a little over four hours to finish up, which isn't that bad, which is about what the side of the box says. It'd probably last you um, a good, you know, three to four hours probably for this type of game. And probably what made it last a little bit longer was I believe there were two of us that had put in a $200 reserve. And three of us put three people had put in a three hundred dollar reserve, so I think we had about thirteen hundred dollars in that secondary bank that went through, 
And that last round when the bank was depleted, we had to pull out more chips because the board wasn't even half depleted with the amount of goods that were on the houses. And the amount of money that people were racking in that last round was just completely insane. There were houses where people were serving the three to five items in getting upwards of around $125 to $150 for all the goods that they were able to sell. And the game ramps up so quickly. And if you don't have a long-term strategy or a strategy to be able to produce in that end game, you will be left behind so fast. And I had tried to read a few of the different type of strategies that people had written about by on BoardGameGeek. And one of the ones that I saw on BoardGameGeek, some people were going for Guru very quickly. I, essentially, I eventually went for Guru, but I don't think I went for the Guru fast enough and early enough in my game for him to really come into play. I only got to use him once or twice. And if I would have... Was And if I would have concentrated more on getting him instead of getting some of the milestones I had, it might have been able to improve my play a little bit by having more higher leveled executives, by having some of the higher tiered marketing people, as well as just higher tier everybody because he can train up to three levels in one turn. So once you get him, he can be very, very just disruptive to the rest of the game. And I have a feeling the next time that I play this, that is going to be the approach I take. I think I'm going to try to maybe skip over some of the initial rushes that people do to get some of the different milestones and try to think longer term game and try to get my executives and all of my people up to a higher level earlier in the game and faster so they can be at that level longer and produce more for me and do more for me. So I think that's going to be the approach I take the next time I play. I'm going to read some more on some of the different strategies now on Board Game Geek since I've played several times. Um, I actually didn't do that bad. I was nowhere near some of the highest uh, people, you know, some of the highest uh, amounts that people had in this game. Some of the amounts that people were able to obtain were just astonishing as far as I'm concerned. Everybody everybody played a very good game, and everybody loves Food Chain Magnate. The five of us that played, I don't think one person disliked this game, and everybody was pretty much saying at the end of the game, when can we do this again? And you don't really hear that too often when it comes to four-hour games like this. I, everybody was tired by the end of it. Several of us, you know, said, okay, my brain hurts. We definitely need a lighter game. And I think after that, somebody pulled out automobiles and the second game of automobiles was played. But as far as being a four-hour game, it went very quickly. Everybody had a good time. There were some price wars happening between me and my one buddy, Jay, that was sitting next to me. He said I started it. I don't know if I did or not. Just because I bought one card or took one card that would maybe lower my price once doesn't mean I was trying to start a price war. I was just trying to think longer term, I guess, but a price war erupted. And of course, then we're lowering our prices and fighting for that. So everybody had a great time. 
if I could play this game once a week, I would. I don't know if we can do this game once a week. Like I said, considering it is a four-hour game, I'd like to try this also with just two people. So I'm hoping I can maybe convince my wife to play because after she was done with work, she actually came down to the game store because she works close to the game store where I play at. So she stopped in and she was sitting there watching it and I was showing her some different things and she was just sitting there shaking her head saying this game just looks crazy. But she's still interested in it, so I'm going to try to twist her arm just a tad and try to teach it to her and hopefully we can get in some two-player games to actually see how it is with at that end of the spectrum because it seems with four to five it does play very well so that was it those are most of the board games that i played for the week there was one other board game that i played that i'm going to talk about in the one time what i want to play now part of the show because it was just my initial learning part of the game so we'll talk about that here in a second one other game that I actually played a little bit more of was the Batman Tell- Telltale series on my PlayStation 4. I actually worked my way through the whole first scenario, finished that. I have to say, I'm not too sure what some of these uh, video game critics are talking about with this game not being that good. I'm enjoying this Batman Telltale series game as much as I did the Walking Dead series. And I I have to say, the story and where they're going with Batman, I'm kind of like sucked into the whole story already. And I'm really interested to see where they're going to take this. It's a telltale game. There's a lot of, you know, quick time events. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. I still, I think I talked about this before. I still want to sit down and play through this a second time with my wife because I want to see what this secondary kind of like play ability goes for. But so far, I really enjoy this the batman telltale series and i can't wait for the second episode to come out which is supposed to come out i think sometime in september here so if you're looking for kind of like a nice story game and if you're into batman at all definitely look this one up i this one is definitely a thumbs up in my books and i really like it and i'm having a great time with it i'm glad i bought into the whole series and just can't wait to play the rest of them now i just wish they would come out a little faster than they do but it's a telltale series game so you just got to be patient and wait so I will do just that. So those are the games I played for the week. Let's jump over to a few of the games that I want to play. I was just talking about a game that I had learned to play this past week. My wife and I played a small game of The Pursuit of Happiness. This is a nice light to medium style worker placement game. It reminds us of the game of life. I think that this game... This game I really enjoy, and I think I enjoy it for the reason in that most worker placement games seem that they're either based around fantasy settings or they're based around some sort of kind of like abstract theme or theme that's just been done quite a bit. And just living a life where you get to choose what you want to do, choose what type of partner you want to have, choose which type of job you want to have what type of items and goods you're going to purchase during your life, how you're going to improve yourself. It's just a unique theme that is put into this worker placement game that is just that just makes this game just a hell of a lot of fun. I had a really good time with this game. My wife did too, and we can't wait for this one to hit the table a second time. This game is jumping to the tops of, you know, our, as far as our worker placement games goes, both of us really liked it. Learning the game wasn't too difficult. There were a few things we needed to refer to during the book, during play. I will say I wish the the game maybe did have a fact that was released. I don't think there's one out on Board Game Geek, or if there is, maybe I just overlooked it. 
um, or maybe just like on the at the at the last page of the rule book, maybe like a summary of the different turns. I printed out a couple of things from Board Game Geek that kind of helped us out. There was one sheet that somebody put together which had all of the different card types there, and how they were able to affect each other, and if you were able to upgrade them, and how they were able to play. And it was just something that was just in a nice little kind of like almost Excel spreadsheet grid that just showed you what the cards were for and if you could do something with that card or not, which just saved a lot of time of having to refer back to the book and looking up a lot of those individual cards in the different sections. So that saved a lot of time. That definitely worked out really good. So The Pursuit of Happiness, this game is put out by Artipia Games and Stronghold Games, and I have to say that if you see this at your local game store, definitely give it a shot. If you like worker placement games, I have a feeling that you will. everybody will like this one. I can't, I can't think of somebody who wouldn't like it, like I said, mainly because of the theme and because it's just so different than all of the other worker placement games that are out there. It just gives you a whole different perspective on the worker placement genre, I would say. And it's just something that I we just had a really good time with. Both of us liked the game of life growing up. That was a good game that my wife and I really enjoyed playing. We actually played it several years ago. Um, and even video game, you know, even on like the PlayStation 3, we used to play it as well. So it, considering it, it reminded us of that and we like worker placement games, it fit right with us. So the pursuit of happiness is definitely what I would look for. And then Terraforming Mars is a game that I wanted to try out from Stronghold Games. Oh, I'm talking about Stronghold Games here quite a bit. Um, Terraforming Mars is a game that should be out in a couple of weeks, I believe. And my friendly local game store actually got in an early copy of it uh, through their demos that they do. And that is a game that I'm going to hopefully try to play this Thursday when I go down there. Because this is a game that I definitely like to see get to the table. This is one I was thinking about possibly picking up at Gen Con. But I postponed on getting it and I kind of wish I would have. Because it looked like it was pretty cool. So... I want to get this one to the table, see how it is, and see if this is something I need to pick up now or if it's something that's going to go on my Christmas list and possibly get picked up later. So those are that's it. That's pretty much it for this week. That was quite a bit. There are a few other things that I played that I'm going to try to save maybe for next week. So I will just hold those things off until then. But until next week, and remember, like I said at the top of the show, I will probably be a couple of days late with next week's show. It will probably won't be out until Monday evening, as I am not going to be available pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So there's no way I'm going to be able to record another show with this being Tuesday before then and get it up, as I do need time to play some games. But um, this weekend is uh, a weekend where I should be getting in a lot of gameplay, I will just say. I will talk about that on the next episode. So until then, thank you for joining me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440. What I'm playing now is our guild name. On Twitter, look for us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Our Facebook page is what I'm playing now. Just search for that on Facebook. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I'll be back next week, a couple of days late, like I said, but I will be back with another episode with some more games played and a few more games that I'll want to play. Until then, you know what to do. Go out there, play some games, then let me know what you're playing now. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.